0: Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Genesis 1 and 1. I want to share with you for just a few minutes about this truth that we are his workmanship. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth. Now, if you would drop down to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 with me. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. It says this Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. By the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. There's a debate today, it seems almost to be growing, about whether or not children should be taught creationism in school. Presently they're taught evolution, creationism. There are some school districts that do teach that as an alternative. Most that don't, and the debate is raging. I don't care to enter that debate on a political level. But there's a greater piece of work here. Um, Some Christians have succumbed to the idea that it really doesn't matter what they're taught. Uh, I even heard one well-known Christian, I'm not going to name his name, but he... He made this statement. You know, the reality, whether God created everything and everybody or or it's a result of evolution, I don't know and I don't care. If there was evolution, then God created evolution. That's a chicken's way out. (laughs) But it's, it's more than just a discussion about evolution. It goes down to the very core. Because Scripture says that God created it. Scripture also says that God created you and I. And He never fumbles up our names. He he knows who we are. In fact, if we read Genesis 1 and 1 in, in the Amplified Bible, it says, in the beginning God prepared, formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. And that same chapter in verse 27, also only amplified, it says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God took the pains in the book of Genesis that, that right at the very beginning, he wanted you to know something. He wanted you to know that he's a creator. That none of this happened by chance. There, there wasn't an explosion somewhere that just caused all of this to come into being. That there was a designer and there was a design. There was an individual who, who looked into the nothingness and had a purpose in his heart. And he perfectly executed that purpose. It just didn't happen. This is not an argument about whether or not we, we came out of the waters and, you know, we. You know, it really does it. All, 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 all discussion aside for a moment, it takes more faith to believe that than it does to believe what we believe. You have to admire their faith when you look at creation and you think that all started as a single cell somewhere. I, I, I just read a quick story today somewhere in, in my reading of news this week, and, I, and I, I saw something, I thought, you know what? It's crazy as that sounds, that, that, that perfectly displays the reality that evolution can't be true. It's, it's having to do with the male spider, you know, the female spider will web, weave her web, and, and, and you've all done it. You, you've, you've pulled the wings off of flies and thrown them in the web. Okay, maybe not all of you have done Has anybody else done it? Okay. Uh, just don't leave me hanging, people. There's a few of us that have been dropped who have done stuff like that. And... <laughs> And and the vibration of that insect in the web is what tells the female spider that she's caught something. Now, there's a problem, though. There's a problem that when the male comes courting, he has to enter her web. And if he enters her web and his movement mimics that of a captured dinner then she's going to do to him what she does to dinner. Wrap him up and suck the life out of him. And thankfully, as humans, that only happens when you forget your anniversary. Okay? When you... She's sitting way back there, John. You are so, you are toast, man. I'm just, and... And so what what science found out is that the male spider now, when he enters the web, he strums the web in a a certain frequency that sends a message to the female spider, I ain't here for lunch. I want to take you to lunch. Okay? And and so here's where I'm going with that. Who taught that spider how to do that? Because if they don't know that at the beginning, you don't just kind of grow that information. You mistake it, you make a mess once in your lunch. And so how does that information get passed down to other spiders? Hey, dude, I got, I got eight. Try this when you go into her web. Okay? You, you have no ability to pass that information down to the next generations because there are no next generations. If he doesn't know how to do this the first time he gets into the web, there are no baby spiders. So how did he get that information? Evolution would tell you by by try and fail, but no. It's over. You mess up your, your anniversary once, it's over. Okay, it's just over. But it's deeper than that. It's deeper than than trying to, to win an argument because this is so primary to God. This is so basic to God that that everything else rests on this. God created everything. Years ago, we did a building program at a church that we pastored and, and um, they, they came in and they, you know... Yeah, poured the footer and, and then they laid the foundation and, and I was gone for a couple of days. I came back and the foundation was laid and, and quite honestly, they did kind of a crummy job and, and, and it was a little bit crooked and there were places where the mortar wasn't where it was supposed to be and, and, you know, I called the contractor up, I said, I got to meet with you and I said, listen, I don't want to be hard-nosed or bad, but, but that isn't done very well. And he, he got out there with me, and he looked at it. He said, yeah, it is a little bit crooked. And I said, and there's places where it's missing mortar. And you know here he's got the block in backwards. And just listen, this, is, this isn't acceptable. And he said, I'll tell the guys to pay closer attention from now on. I said, no, that's not where this is going. This is the foundation of our building. Everything else is built on this. I said, I don't mean to be hard nose, but you need to knock this down and start over This isn't acceptable. It's not acceptable for us to say, I don't know if there's evolution or not. Because everything about God starts here. You have to understand something. Everything was created by God. Here's why that's important. Colossians 3 and 10. King James Version says it this way. Speaking of you and I as Christians, it says in... And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Every one of you, every one of us, are the creation of God. There's a creator, and there's a creation. There's a workman, and there's a workmanship. You did not come about by chance. Regardless of the circumstances of your life, regardless of how it, it came about, every one of you started in the heart of God. There's a plan. There's a, there's a purpose for everybody. God had to design and, and here's why that's important. Because if we think we're just the result of some cosmic or disorganization, and there we are, then then listen, then everything's up for grabs. If there was no designer, there's no design. If there's no plan, then anything goes. Are you following me? If there isn't somebody... One of my favorite videos, though, it's probably horrible in some people's eyes, that there was this guy that had worked for like three weeks at a shopping mall, and he set up, I don't remember what they I think they were, I don't know what they were. I think they were cans in this very extravagant, large display, and he'd stack these things up for weeks. It was for some kind of a grand opening celebration, and... He's got all these stacked up. He's been working there 12 hours a day for weeks to get this all stacked up and all ready. And they're coming out to interview him. What a good job he did. And and the gentleman, the reporter, has got the microphone and he's talking to him. And they they start to walk around that way. And the cord on the microphone (laughs) catches the, the bottom row of cans and all of it falls down. Before anybody got a chance to see it. Now, you and I would see that and say, you know what, we got to be careful. Somebody worked hard at this. But if it's just the result of chance, when you realize something that John is a creation of God, there was a creator that had a plan and a purpose and an idea, and he formed this young man, and he had a purpose and a de- destiny for him, then, then you take on, it takes on how you treat him differently. John then has, has the ability to say, wait a minute, I wasn't made this way. In our community, in our culture today, there are people who, who uh, you know, they, they, they condone their sin, they condone their lawlessness by saying, this is how I was made. And if there's no creator, then that, that could be. If there's evolution, then that could be. You, just, you can take on animal instincts and animal habits if you were, you were grown like animals were. But, but if there's a creator and you're his creation, then that shuts out some things. Because a God who's good would not make something that's bad. There's liberty in this truth. Because the enemy is a deceiver. He's subtle. He wants us to think sometimes that we behave this way and there's nothing we can do about it. Just in the last few weeks, the American Psychological Society has changed their opinion about people who molest children. They say it's no more a perversion. That these people have no choice in the matter. That's simply how they're bent. It's simply how they're born. And they're challenging the United States to soften its laws, because how can you wrong? Some, how can you bring justice to somebody who was born that way? But there's a creator. Not mad at those people, but 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 any time that that there's a movie where it's a Mr. Bean movie where he's supposed to be guarding the Mona Lisa picture. anybody ever seen it? And uh, and I think he sneezes and he gets something on the picture, right on her face. Have you seen it? And so he 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 goes to get it off. And it won't come off, and he starts using some stuff to try to get off. Next thing you know, he has just totally smeared her face. And the whole Mona Lisa face is gone. And so then he draws it in there, okay, thinking that nobody will notice. And so then when they unveil it, there's Mona Lisa, and she's got a smiley face like, you know, the the Be Happy guy on your T-shirt. And, and it, the, the the hilarity of it is the ridiculousness that 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 he he would think that nobody would notice that the original masterpiece has been marred. Well, I want to tell you something. You are an original masterpiece by the greatest master of the universe. You're not the result of some some cosmic confusion and and just, wow, there you are. There was a designer who had a design. There was a, a, an individual who had a heart and a purpose. And he said, I, I want to make this. They say when they look at the Mona Lisa that they wonder, what, you know, what was he thinking? What was she supposed to be thinking? Who was the, who was the model? Was there, was, a, was there a model? Was there somebody in his head? Is this all his imagination? I can tell you this about you, that there was a God who thought, wouldn't it be great if we had somebody like this, and that became you. And the enemy would have you to think that, that somehow, because of your imperfections... Anybody in here perfect? I'm not perfect, but I, I thank God I'm less perfect than I was when he found me. Amen? that He loves you right now. A couple weeks ago, we talked about that those people who lose their lives, always looking to the future, always looking to the past. Can I tell you something? God not only used to love you, God's not only going to love you, guess what? He loves you right now, just like you are. He doesn't challenge us to change so that He can love us, He loves us so that we have the power and ability to change. That's what love does. He loves you just like you are. He doesn't get mad when he he loves you just like you are. And you need to know something there is a plan. The Bible says that we are his workmanship. I know there's t-shirts out that says, God's still working on me. Ought to be a t-shirt that says, men working or God working. Those signs along the highway, mer- men working ahead, they lie. They are usually all just standing around looking in a hole. But you, guess what? God had a purpose for you. Had a plan for your life. And I want to tell you something. Until... You have given up your last breath down here. He's not finished. And he's never out of it. He's never, ever, ever out of it. When the enemy least expects it, when the enemy has knocked you out and knocked you down, and he's sure that it's over, God moves in and props you and I back up. And he brushes us off. And the end result of who we are was better than it was before we ever got into the ring. You need to know something. Your heavenly father has a plan. Nothing that has happened to you, nothing that has happened to you has caught him by surprise. Years ago, he, he spoke this in, a couple of years ago, he spoke this into my heart. The headlines of the newspaper in your life, are in books on my shelf. He already knows this. He already knows everything you face, every failure, every struggle. He never shows up and looks at you and says, I can't do nothing with this. He is committed through the blood of Jesus on the cross to work with you until that day. Until that day, he just keeps working on us. Why? Because he started with a plan. No matter what's happened to you so far, no matter the difficult bumps, no matter the, the strain and the stress, no matter the failures, no matter the good times, no matter what's happened to you, he's still got this. You are his workmanship. Years ago, before I was a Christian, you know, I... I, as I get older, I, I, I see more and more that even when I wasn't a Christian, I see God's hand in my life. And before I was a Christian, I, as a young man, I loved seeing something that was broken down. I loved the challenge of fixing it. I, whether it was my bike that was broke, and I always tried to make it better. I'm not sure you, what I did to my bikes. You could call making them better. They were different and dangerous. Did you know you can get four people on one bike? If if, if you figure out how to get the seats bolted on just right, you can do that. And man, you got a lot of speed when you're going down the hill too. We'll talk about the corners later, okay? But I loved seeing things that were... It was broken, a, a, an old house that I drive down the road. My, we see an old house that nobody lives in. I want to stop. I want to go in. I want to I imagine what you could do with the place. And now, I, Now, it, you see, God made me that way. Young people, I know my biggest worry as a young person, what am I going to be when I grow up? You're challenged with that. As, you're, you're, as you get up in high school, they're asking you that all the time. What are you going to do when you grow up? What a heavy... You know know what God wants you to do? Probably, probably, whatever is in your heart that gets you going, as long as it's not offensive to the purposes of God, that's probably what He wants you to do. He's the one that made you. If I make a hammer and it comes out, you know, a big... Hammer? That's not a surgical tool. You can look at it and say, the the person who designed and made this wants you to beat something with it. You never look at a sledgehammer and say, I wonder if that's a dental tool. You, You can tell by looking at it. Okay? You can tell by looking at John. The purposes of God were never that he be a ballerina. Okay? It was never going to happen. That was out. Check that off the box early. But each and every one of us, God has put something in your heart. Young people, you don't don't know what God wants for you? I'll tell you where you can probably find it. It won't be in your counselor's office. It won't be down at the army recruiter. They'll steer you into what they want you to do. But what is in your heart? Because your creator is the one that put that in there. I've heard more than, more, more than a few uh, successful people say, you want to know the secret to success? Find out what you love to do and do it. Amen. And as long as what you love to do isn't offensive to God... He probably put that there. If what you want to do is offensive to God, the enemy has probably perverted it somewhere, and you just need to hone into God's heart, and he'll show you the real image he had for you. Amen? Because guess what? There is a creator who did have a design, who did have a plan, and the fact that you're still breathing his air The enemy and God had a hypothetical discussion one day. And God says, the enemy says to God, I can create anything you can create. God said, no, you can't either. Enemy says, tell me, what's something I can't create that you've created? God said, life. Enemy says, okay, watch this. He bent down, he scooped a handful of dirt, and God said, whoa, whoa. Get your own dirt. God created you. All the enemy can do is try to deceive us and pervert that. But that verse in Colossians tells us that down deep inside of us is the original design of God just waiting to be revealed in you. Is it important that we teach creationism to our children? Absolutely. Because if there's a creator and we're his creation... He's a good God, then His creation is going to be a good creation. The Bible puts it this way, that we've been created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That's the will of God. It's like me telling you, listen, you've been working hard, We've prepared something for you. We've got a hotel room bought and paid for. Go down there next door to that place as a restaurant. They know what you like. They're going to take care of you. The bill is covered. Just make sure to go to the hotel. It's already bought and paid for. It's just waiting for you. You don't have to fight for it. You just you go explore it out. You just go there. God has created and preordained your life to be good. And you say, well, well, Pastor, there's, there's junk in my life right now. There's junk in my heart. What do I do? You know what? God's never given up. And the neat thing about God is God is able to take that which was meant for your evil and use it for your good in his glory. And so Joseph shows up to his brothers and says, Hey, guys, I had a dream. All of you guys is your... Your your wheat bowed down and worshipped me, worshipped my wheat. Isn't that neat? They didn't think that was neat. That was the will of God for Joseph. That was going to come to pass, but the brothers didn't think that was a neat idea. So one day they're out working in the fields and Joseph came and, and the Bible says that they saw Joseph afar off and they said, Behold this dreamer cometh. Let us slay him and cast him into a pit. And then we will see what will become of his dreams. Do you know that God has buried in your heart and my heart dreams and destiny? And the enemy would like to do nothing more than to pervert it and make it not come to pass. And so when Joseph got near his brothers, they beat him up, they threw him into a pit. They said, Now we'll see what will become of his dreams. And they thought, you know what, better than this, we could sell him into slavery and make some money. So they sold, sold him into slavery, pulled him back out of the pit, sold him into slavery. And every time you turned around, something bad was happening to Joseph. But none of that deterred him from his destiny. Some people think that God made that to happen. I want to tell you, God did not put Joseph in the pit. God did not have Joseph's brothers beat him up. God did not have Potiphar's wife lie on Joseph. God did not have the baker make a promise to Joseph and not keep it. God did not cause any of that to happen. But bigger than all of those problems was a God who had a dream that he had shared with Joseph. And Joseph just had to walk it out. And you know the story. One day Joseph sat there on his throne and his brothers came down and they bowed down and they worshipped him and said, we need help. And they didn't know it was him. I want to tell you something. No matter where you're at, no matter how old you are, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what's happened to this point, God is able to take that which was meant for your evil and use it for your good and his glory. You see, it doesn't matter who's leading the race during the race. It matters who crosses the finish line first. And when you keep in contact with God, he guarantees you that you're going to win and not lose because you are his workmanship. And when you get that out of the cloud of, wow, wouldn't that be neat? And you get that down into your heart, everything happens for a purpose. And you see it that way. You see that no matter what's happened right now, I'm going to get through this. When you see something happen to you, you know that God's going to get you out. Every doorway that shuts, you say, God shut that door. Cool. That means something else is going to open. This, this is difficult now. That means God's going to show up in a great way. Here's what you've got to understand. The presence of your enemies means one of two things for you. You decide the presence of your enemies means your destruction is at hand or it means that your father is about to serve supper. Because the Bible says that he lays a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The enemy would like you to think that your enemies are there for your destruction But in reality, when you understand whose you are and who you serve, your enemies are there so that they can see you feast at the hand of your Father. Amen. And so you decide, is the creator? And did he create me? And if he did, it doesn't matter that they left me. It doesn't matter that they lied about me. It doesn't matter I got my start this way. It doesn't matter what I'm struggling right with right now. I am going to come out of this. And when everything is said and done, my heavenly Father is going to have stood me up and brushed me off and say, see my creation? Look at what a good job I've done in them. When you know that, then even those times when you fall, you can laugh at yourself. Oh, wow. Did I ever mess this up? Father, forgive me. To repent. I've said it before, but the Lord just put it on my heart. To repent. Two words, repent. Pent means top. Penthouse. The penthouse room. It's the best room in the hotel. It's the top. To re means to do something again. So when you and I repent from our sins... We're letting God put us back on top of the situation. Because that's where he has designed for you to be. Repentance has gotten a bad name. Repentance is a gift from God. When you find you've messed up, when you've sinned, when you failed, and you're down, you have a choice. You can stay down, or you can repent. You can say, Father, forgive me for believing the lie and shunning your truth. And when you do that, what does he do? He picks you up, and he puts you on top. I'm not espousing this as good parenting. My mom did some things that I would have thought my dad would do, but I don't remember what was why it was going on. But I had a group of boys chase me home from school. And right right at the edge of our driveway, they caught me. And I think there were seven or eight of them. And, and I was getting beat up. I don't even remember what it was about. And my mom came out. And in her wisdom, she stopped it. But she didn't put an end to it. She stopped it and she said, listen, eight against one isn't fair. One at a time. It only took me one. And the eight didn't bother me no more. I think that's the wisdom the Heavenly Father uses sometimes. Whatever you're going through right now, you need to know something. He's going to get you through this. And it's going to be better than if the problem had never happened. If you understand you have a creator. And you're his creation. And he can't wait for the day when he can stand you up and say, This is the time of my unveiling. Haven't I done a great job with this? They look like me, they act like me, got a smile on their face. Oh, yeah, those are scars you see on their knees. Yeah, you see some wrinkles in the face. That's called character. Those are lessons. When our boys fell and skinned their knees, we called them trophies. The boyhood trophies. There's coming a day because you're his workmanship. It was he who said, you don't hide it under a basket. He's the light of the world. You're the light of the world. A light it that should be set on top of the mountaintop. He's you. He is a workmanship of God. And I want to tell you, just like Joseph, there's coming a day when all of your enemies will be gathered around and say, okay, it's time for this one to eat. You thought he was nobody and nothing. Look what I've done with him. You thought he couldn't, but look what he did. You thought he could look at his past, look where he came from, but now look what he's accomplishing. See, and I'll say this and I close. If, if there's no creator, there's no plan. And then anything goes. If there's no creator, then we're just stuck with however, whatever's going on in our heart. We can't fix it. Pastor, I'm, I'm just an angry person. Pastor, I'm just... I'm just a lustful person. Pastor, I'm just, that's just the way I am. No, that isn't the way you are. It's not the way that God designed you to be. He can free you from that. He can free you from that. He doesn't want you to walk around being angry. He doesn't want you to walk around being stressed. He said, as we talked about last week, be anxious for nothing. Why not? Why can you be anxious for nothing? Because he's got this. I'm his workmanship. I've been created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that I would walk in them. I just got to get ready to go for the ride. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.